All right, now I can get started here. Um, for those of you that are worried that you might be sick from me, you're all right. I don't have the Rona. I've got what they call the crud. I imagine some of you have had that before, a time or two in your life. I want to just uh, this morning explain to you why we're doing what we're doing. I have, <clears throat> over the past almost two full years, sat and watched too many people, God-fearing, godly men and women, leave us. And I kind of began to think, you know, <clears throat> if you get an opportunity to recognize somebody before they're gone, you better take that opportunity. And Howard Berry is one of those men that I will tell you, in my opinion, deserves to be honored here at Pine Island. His children were were reared in this church. They grew up here. And I imagine if you ask them a little bit about Pine Island, they would say that uh, things have changed a little bit since they left. The red is gone. Um, We came in with the browns. So uh, the pews are no longer here. Um, We uh, have chairs. Um, But one thing that is still very common at Pine Island that was probably common back when you guys were growing up is that we still are family here. And that means the world to me as a pastor. And it means the world to me to have you here today to honor your father, who, by the way, is upset because we're doing this. Um, he doesn't like the, to be in front of everybody. He already made, <clears throat> made it very clear he would not be giving a speech. Um, so that is okay. I'm all right with that. But I want to share with you a little bit about Brother Howard before we get into the message. And there's a reason I want to do this because what we're going to talk about today isn't just about honoring Brother Howard, but it's about our responsibilities as men and women in life. Howard <clears throat> was a child in the Great Depression. Uh, and had been told that his father, Sam Berry, traveled by covered wagon to Pine Island from Archer City, Texas. Folks, that's a, that's a haul. If you know where Archer City is, it's that way, way that way, close to Dallas, west of Dallas. And so he came by covered wagon. He was married in the Pine Island community. Howard's mother, Minnie, brought him to Pine Island Church at the age of six weeks. So Brother Howard's been coming to this church for 93 years. I don't think anybody else comes close to that. Uh, As a matter of fact, God might be the next closest. I don't know. Um, So I'm not real sure how that works out. But anyway. But his father was a farmer and rancher. And he passed away of pneumonia in 1937. Now get this. Howard was only nine years old. That day that that happened, Howard had to become a man. I don't know many 18-year-olds who can handle that anymore. But at nine years old, Howard had to become a man, and he began to work and help his mother provide for the family. Howard became a Christian shortly after his father died, and He was sick with a fever, and the doctor recommended six weeks of bed rest and a diet of milk and crackers. I'm not sure if they would do that today or not. That's interesting. The itinerant preacher from Pine Island Baptist Church, Reverend K.A. Benford, visited the nine-year-old boy and gave him a New Testament. 
He told Howard about accepting Jesus as Savior and told him to read the Bible. The next summer, Howard and cousins Ray and Lee were baptized and joined Pine Island Baptist Church. The baptizing was held in the Three Mile Creek south of the church in a spot called the Willows. During the Depression, people didn't have a lot of money, and Howard remembered that Brother Benford had a chicken pen in his car. I'm going to ignore the comment from that over there. And people would give him chickens to supplement his pay. Now, folks, do you want me to tell you how blessed I know I am today? Because it would take a lot of chickens to feed this guy right here, I'm telling you right now. When the winter hit, Deacon Sylvan Phillips would arrive early to build a fire in the wood stove in the church. Members would stand around the stove and share scripture and pray. Howard has been a lifelong member of Pine Island and has held the position of song leader. How many of y'all knew that? Sunday school teacher, deacon, and treasurer. Howard met his wife at Pine Island. When Howard and Linda were married, the preacher, Howard's cousin, was getting his dogs ready to go varmint hunting. But he stopped long enough to marry them. Lena liked to tell the story. <clears throat> Lena liked to tell the story that she paid for the marriage license because Howard didn't have the fee. Howard has done several jobs to support his family, always a farmer and rancher and usually having a garden. He has ridden a horse to Hempstead to load box cars with watermelons, made rocking chairs at a factory in Belleville, carried the mail on horseback when the dirt roads weren't too muddy or were too muddy for cars and done construction work and retired as a construction inspector. And Howard, as many of you know, um, buried his son in 1990 and his wife in 1997, and they were both, of course, members here of Pine Island Baptist. Howard Berry has been a rock for me in this church. Usually... When someone gets a little older, they get stubborn. Anybody recognize that? That happens sometimes. They get a little stubborn and they get set in their ways and they hate change. In my 18 years of being pastor at this church, I have seen a ton of change. And not one time has this man ever come to me and said, Brother Tom, you're heading in the wrong direction. Not one time has he come to me and said, I don't like it. I don't like the chairs. I miss the pews. He, it never has he come to me and said, now he may have said it in private, but that man has never once complained to me. And folks, you don't know how important it is for a pastor to have someone like Brother Howard in his life who's been there, done that, got the t-shirt his whole life in the same place and be so supportive. Every pastor longs for every member to have that type of heart. And I'm thankful that I've had this man for 18 years. And he tells me every Sunday, I'm getting sorrier and sorrier. (laughs) Every time he walks out the door, pray for me. I'm getting sorrier and sorrier. And there are a lot of times that we'll just pray right back there at that back door before he ever hits the car. Brother, I hope as I get older, I get sorrier and sorrier, just like you. 
the reality is we all have responsibilities as a member of a church. And I hope that this morning as I share with you a little bit about Brother Howard, you will recognize in yourself some things that maybe we need to be better at, we need to work on. So if you have your Bible, turn to Romans chapter 12. Romans chapter 12, and let's stand together as we read from God's word. For just as we have many parts in one body, and all the body's parts do not have the same function, so we who are many are one body in Christ and individually parts of one another. Father, this morning we ask, Lord, that you would allow us to see what role we play, what part we play within the body of Christ. Lord, teach us how to come alongside others who are already in those positions and learn from them. Lord, teach us to know when to continue in those positions and when to step away. Lord, I thank you that you have given me a a mentor, a man that I can look up to, a man that that I know loves me and loves my family. A man that I have watched do things that he had no business doing simply because he refused to sit still. All the time he put in at this church, all of the, the maintenance that he's done, all of the volunteering he's done, God, just I'm just thankful for Howard. So today, Lord, bless him and bless his family. We pray this in Jesus' precious name. Amen. For just as we have many parts in one body, and all the body's parts do not have the same function, so we who are many are one body in Christ and individually parts of one another. You heard earlier all the different things that Brother Howard did while here at Pine Island. I did not realize that he was a song leader. That was news to me. Now, his closest, oldest relative remembered that, and that was Mildred Andrix. Um, she remembered it, so, but she's pretty close to his age so that she would be able to do that. Um, but uh, I didn't realize that. Did he lead music while you girls were here? No, so it was before that time. Wow. So he could tell you he was good and y'all wouldn't know any different, right? So he taught Sunday school. And I've got to go in at times and be in there when he taught Sunday school. When I first came to the church, I would go in with the men when he taught the men's class. He was a deacon for many, many years at this church. And when he came to the point where he said, Brother Tom, I just can't do the things I know I need to do and I need to step aside and let somebody younger come in. And I remember that conversation, and I'll be honest with you, it hurt me. And I'll tell you why, because I thought, man, did I do something? Did I do something that upset him? Did I do something that would cause him to say, I no longer want to be a deacon? And instead, what I realized later was he understood that for him, his time was done. And it was time for someone else to step up into that spot, into that place. And he wasn't going to wait for someone else to come to him and say, hey, maybe it's time to move to a different spot to do something different. He knew in his heart, it's time for me to do something else. But I'm going to tell you, just because he quit being a deacon didn't mean that he quit leading. 
This man leads his church still to this day because he prays daily for it. He, he prays daily for the pastor, for the pastor's family, for the members of the church, for all the things that are going on. That is how he continues to lead. And I'm going to tell you, when it comes to being the, the treasure, that man's integrity, there's a reason he was treasure at this church. His integrity is above any, anybody I've ever met. Honest to a fault, probably. He's just a godly man who loves the Lord. And his word is as good as it gets. If you're looking on how to really be someone who's going to make a difference in your church, it starts with integrity. It starts with integrity. Can you keep your word? Are you someone that when you speak, people can count on that? Are you someone that when you speak, people know that it's coming from a godly perspective? That's the man that I know in Howard Berry. And that's the type of men that we need to be. So the question is, as we're here, and we're, we're many people, we're many parts, which part do you play? Well, you never know. Those things can change from time to time. I've been a youth pastor. I've been a youth and music pastor. I've been a, a, just a pastor of, of churches where <clears throat> there were days I wondered if I was going to have a job the next day. I, I've, I've been there, but I've never quit doing what I knew God had called me to do. And so I have to figure out wherever I go, whatever church I go to, I've got to figure out where do I fit in the best? How can I serve best? What are some talents? What are some gifts that I can do best? We recently lost one of our church members, not to death. He decided to move. And he's here today because he wanted to come and honor Brother Howard. And that's Roger Binion. And I'm going to tell you what, you don't know how much you miss somebody and, and what their gifts are until they're gone. We have a men's, men's breakfast coming up, Tyler. We have a, not, not to harp on it, but a men's breakfast coming up. And we're sitting here talking about, you know, they're talking about we're going to have biscuits and we're going to have eggs, we're going to have this. And I'm like, who's making the biscuits? Because that's Roger's job, right? You don't realize what all you miss until those folks are no longer there. You may tell what Brother Howard has offered me throughout my whole time here. He has offered me an ear that will listen. He has offered me advice. He has prayed over me. He has called just to encourage me. When I first came to this church early on, we would go around, he would go with me to go make visits. He understood his part. He understood his role. Some of you are sitting here going, well, I don't really know much. I, I can't do much. So I just come on Sunday morning and then I leave and I don't think. No, no, no. Every one of us has a role that we can be a part of. Everybody does. God has given you a gift, a talent. Some of you are like, well, I don't really have much talents, but I know how to use the phone. Then pick up the phone and call Church members, encourage them to come. Pick up the phone and find out who hasn't been here in a while. Ask them how they're doing. Find out how they're doing. But you have a role. You have a part. Everybody has a part. 
Some of you are like, well, I don't like to call, but I can write a letter. A lot of, a lot of our kids are like, what's a letter? Can't we just send an email or a text? You know what? Those letters still mean something. If you're one of those that can just write a note of encouragement. There's a lady in our church who doesn't feel really well. She, she, is, uh, just, she has a lot of things going on in her life physically. But yet, I get these cards from Carol Derrick. That means the absolute world to me. It's usually just a card of checking in, a card of, hey, I just want you to know that we love you and we're praying for you. Just out of the blue, and it always happens that, it, that it's at the perfect time. You know why? Because she understands her gift. She understands what she can do, and she does that. She has that part. Watching my daughter and my son-in-law on Wednesday nights teaching those little kids. You know what? You know how that, I can only imagine how thankful Brother Howard is that his kids are in church, that his children are there, his grandchildren are there. And I understand that because it blesses me to watch my child go in and be a part of what God's doing here at Pine Island still. You have a gift. You have something that you can give. Give it. Don't just sit out there and go, well, I, I, if I don't get to do it my way, I'm not volunteering. You ever met a church member like that? If I can't do it the way I want to do it, then I'll just quit. I have a comment that I'd like to say, but I'll keep it to myself. Which part are you? Play the part. Make sure you understand it. Now, I want us to keep reading here. Hebrews 10, 24 through 25 says, let's consider how to encourage one another in love and good deeds. This is who Howard Bear is. This is, this is who the man is. He is a man who encouraged me for those 18 years I've been here. He has strived me, pushed me to do good deeds, to do good things and to love others. Why? Because that's the example that he set. I remember, and I can't tell you all the stories because some of them involve Victor Milam. The family knows, man, I love old brother Vic. Miss him. But oh, he and brother Howard could give each other a run for their money. And it was fun to be around them. And and I'm going to tell you, you've never seen 70 and 80-year-old men work like they work. The grass did not grow underneath their feet. They worked hard. They gave everything they had. This, they would work so hard around the place. They would make sure everything was the way it should be. It was constant. They, they went and saw the widows. They went and saw others. It was just a constant thing that they did. They, they, they encouraged each other. They encouraged one another, and they encouraged the church. And then here's something else that I love. Not abandoning our own meeting together as is the habit of some people, but encouraging one another and all the more as you see the day drawing near. Think about how many people have used COVID as an excuse to quit coming. I can't come. This man's 93 years old. And I have yet to see him say, I'm scared. All he tells me every Sunday is, I'm sorry and sorry. But he's not scared. 
Why? Because he understands he's got a job that he has something that he's responsible for. Not abandoning our own meeting together as is the habit of some people, but encouraging one another and all the more as you see that they're drawing near. Listen, let me tell you what he sees drawing near. He sees the reality that he has way more days behind him than he does ahead of him. He understands that. And that is why he wants to be found in the house of the Lord, worshiping and serving. What an example that he has set at 93. You'll be 94 April? April the 6th. 94 years old, still going. Sawyer and Sawyer. But man, he says, I refuse to quit. It is important for us that we understand how important it is to support your pastor, to support the leadership of the church. I want you to look at Hebrews 13, verse 17. It says, obey your leaders and submit to them for they keep watch over your souls as those who will give an account so that they may do this with joy, not groaning for this would be unhelpful for you. You want to know what one of your talents could be? If, if, if you're like Brother Howard, he was an automatic encourager for me. If you don't know what a good talent would be, just be an encourager. Be someone who, who looks to the leadership and says, listen, I'm not sure where God's leading us, but, but I'm willing to follow you because I know you're seeking God on behalf of this church. And that's exactly how I believe this man has treated me for 18 years. And he has trusted me with preaching the truth. He has trusted me with guiding him even at his age. I'm blessed because there are many of you, even though you're quite a bit older, who still look to me for direction. But do me a favor and continue to pray for me. Just as he does, just as he has done for years, pray for me. Because I need that as I lead this church. Something else I will tell you that I have watched over the years from Howard and, and many of you that are here, uh, it, is, it is being peacemakers. Being a peacemaker. Gossip is not something that I have ever once heard out of Howard's mouth. Not one time I've ever heard him say anything about someone else. He, he's just not that person. That's not who he is. And if something was going on, his goal was to bring peace to the situation. 1 Corinthians 1, 10 through 13 says, Now I urge you, brothers and sisters, by the name of our Lord Jesus Christ, that you all agree and that there be no divisions among you, but that you be made complete in the same mind and in the same judgment. For I have been informed concerning you, my brothers and sisters, by uh, close people, that there are quarrels among you. Now I mean this, that each Uh, One of you is saying, I am with Paul, or I am with Apollos, or I am with Cephas, or I am with Christ. Has Christ been divided? Paul was not crucified for you, was he? Or were you baptized in the name of Paul? 
You say, what does that got to do with it? Listen, quarrels come up within the church all the time. I remember that building right back here in 2010. It was time to take a vote on whether or not to build the building. And I didn't tell anybody that the building had already been paid for. I just didn't want anybody to know. But I knew before we ever put a shovel in the ground that that building had already been paid for. But I didn't need anybody else to know that. And there were a few people who voted against it, but it was a couple of men in this church I've already mentioned. One being Howard, one being Roger. And they said, listen, we need to make this a unanimous vote. And you know what? Those people that had voted no, they said, we will honor that leadership to keep peace within this church. And after it was done, we'd go out to put the shovel in the ground. And it was so pleasing to me to be able to say, oh, by the way, this is paid for. But it was the leadership of these men who said, listen, we need to be one mind, one body as we move forward. You want to be of one mind and one body when things don't go your way? Y'all know what I'm going to say, right? Suck it up, buttercup. Sometimes life just doesn't go the way you want it. Sometimes the vote didn't go your way. Now you have a choice. You can become one of those church members that... You are laughing. Some of you aren't because it hurt. Because that's the attitude of some people. They're never going to be happy. And if you're going to be one of those church members that's never happy, I can give you a new church to go to. You say, that's kind of ugly, isn't it, Tom? No, can you imagine if everybody could just learn to get along how much we would be able to impact this community? If people could just get over themselves so quick. That's why I'm thankful for a man like this who says, listen, we can do this. We need to be more like Christ, peacemakers. And I'm almost done. The little baby said, hurry up. (laughs) By the way, isn't it good to have babies crying in a service? That's precious. First Timothy 3 tells us about deacons. Likewise, must be men of dignity, integrity, not insincere, not prone to drink much wine, not greedy for money, but holding to the mystery of the faith with a clear conscience. Let me, let me hit on that for a second. Howard buried his son due to cancer, buried his wife, due to cancer, but with a clear conscience, he has never questioned God. He has just trusted him. Do you know how hard that is? And I know his kids, and I will tell you that he rubbed off on his children. They also are ladies who are full of integrity They are women who hold a great name within this community. Why? Because of the man that they called dad. These men must also first be tested 
Then have them serve as deacons if they are beyond reproach. Women must likewise be dignified, not malicious gossips, but temperate, faithful in all things. Deacons must be husbands of one wife and good managers of their children and their own households. For those who have served well as deacons obtain for themselves a high standing and great confidence in the faith that is in Christ Jesus. Folks, if you want to be a servant in your church, it starts with integrity. And that being tested, it means that you allow people to start poking and prodding into your life. And you know what the most favorite words of most people today? You know what? They, don't judge me. You know what the Christian should say? You judge every part of my life because I want to be found faithful in the eyes of God. So if you're a Christian and your idea is don't judge me, Really? Like, that's part of who we are. Like, like you go ahead and you look into my life and you question everything that I do because I want to be found above integrity. I want to be found that way where people look at me and go, that man, that man could be trusted. And finally, as we close... When Howard would speak to me about his wife, very rarely could he do it without choking up. And some men would say, well, that's weakness. How would you know? Have you buried your wife? This man loved, loved, loved his wife. And he taught his girls that this is what you're looking for in a man. Therefore, do not be foolish, but understand that what the will of the Lord is. And do not get drunk with wine in which there is debauchery, but be filled with the Spirit, speaking to one another in psalms and hymns and spiritual songs, singing and making melody with your hearts to the Lord, always giving thanks for all things in the name of our Lord Jesus Christ, to our God and Father, And subject yourselves to one another in the fear of Christ. Wives, subject yourselves to your own husbands as to the Lord. For the husband is the head of the wife, as Christ also is the head of the church. He himself being the savior of the body. But as the church is subject to Christ, so also the wives ought to be to their husbands in everything. And some of you guys are going, that's right. Did you hear that? You're subject to me. Just remember, fellas, your wife is subject to you, but you're subject to God on behalf of both of not just yourself, but you and your wife. Husbands, love your wives just as Christ also loved the church. What did Christ do, by the way? He gave himself for her. so that he might sanctify her, having cleansed her by the washing of water with the word, that he might present to himself the church in all glory, having no spot or wrinkle or any such thing, but that she would be holy and blameless. So husbands ought to love their own wives as their own bodies. 
He who loves his own wife loves himself, for no one ever hated his own flesh, but nourishes and cherishes it, just as Christ also does the church, because we are parts of his body. For this reason, a man shall leave his father and mother and be joined to his wife, and the two shall become one flesh. The mystery is great, but I am speaking with reference to Christ and the church. Nevertheless, as for you individually, each husband is to love his own wife the same as himself, and the wife must see to it that she respects her husband. Men, if you want to be an example, if you want your daughter to grow up to marry a man who loves God, then you ought to love God above all things. And if you want your son to seek God above all things, then you as a father need to seek God above all things. One thing I recognize of being a pastor now for 27 years, 26 years. One thing I recognize is this. Your children take after you. Every church I've ever pastored. You, can, you don't have to look at a kid's face. You can watch a kid's mannerisms and you will be able to recognize pretty quick who their parents are. You can usually find them by their attitude by the words they use, by their, the way that they deal with life, you can usually pick out their parents pretty quick. You are called to be more than just a pew sitter. You are called to be a church member. I am thankful for a church member like Howard Berry, who for 18 years has blessed me with prayer, leadership, love, an example of what a man should be. And he has been willing at times to even examine my life because he loves me. What has God called you to do? What has God called you to be? You've got to figure that out. And this altar this morning will be right here for you to come and pray. I'm not going to stand down here this morning. I want you, if you need to, to just come and spend some time right here asking God, what do you want of me here at Pine Island? God, what do I need to become? Who do I need to become? Men, if it's family-related, come to the altar. Would you come today? Let's stand together. Father, we thank you so much for your love and your grace. And Father God, we are amazed at just how good you are to us. And we're thankful for those men and women in our lives who have meant so much to us, who have led us, who have been there for us. And we just ask now, Father, that you strengthen us as as those of us that are younger, strengthen us to come alongside them, Let us walk with them. Let us listen. Let us learn. Because this older generation,